So, welcome back. Hello, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's 2020. Yeah, boy, we survived. So far, so good. <laughs> uh, you can tell it's a good year when I'm reading the news from the first of the fucking month. <laughs> yeah, um, I will be alright. Yeah, sure. So, welcome back. Part two, best of the decade. We're not mm-hmm. looking forward, we're looking back. A <laughs> um, couple of things to go through first. First of all, on the last episode, did you notice I made a massive mistake? Um, at one point, yeah, I think when I listened back to it, I heard something, I can't remember what it was though. Twice, not once, but twice, mm. I referred to the actor Lakeith Stanfield from mm. Get Out as Lakeith David. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies. <laughs> Just when we thought we were getting good at this, <laughs> I go and confuse two black actors. Wow. 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 <laughs> Shit. Um, but yeah. At no point did I think Keith David was in that film. Mm. It's just Keith David rolls off of my tongue quite easily. Well, yeah, he's like been around for and a while. And he's in like The Thing and They Live mm. and stuff like that. So yeah, that happened. But that was in the past. We're looking... I oh, know, actually, no, we no, are we're looking, looking back the past, still. aren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit, okay, no. Uh, what else has happened? Oh, I finally watched Endgame. Oh. It's ridiculous. Of course it is. Uh, Fun, though. Oh, did you watch Dracula? Like the, the BBC one? The BBC one. one. I have not, yeah. Are you going to watch it? Um, maybe. don't know. I was kind of hoping it would be from like a you know, proper full-on, 100% accurate kind of... Thing, and I've been told it's very much not. No, it's not. So it's three episodes, hour and a half long each. Right. Um, it is different. Mm. Like, the characters are moved around a bit, so they have different roles now. Okay. And it, does, it is different from... Like, all the characters are there, and the main story is the same. Dracula mm. is going to England. Right. Um, but the characters are, like, changed about a bit, and their sort of roles are, which I don't mind, mm. because one... It's quite interesting what they've de- what they've done, and also you don't want to see the same fucking story for like the hundredth time. Yeah, yeah. See what I mean? Um, but the first two episodes are really good. Mm. The third is fucking dog shit. Really? Yeah, and the ending is so dumb. Ah. Uh. Yeah, but the first two really good. So watch two thirds of it. Okay. Yeah, and then just. Bah. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the the thing people are moaning about. Online, it's like, oh, it's like they've not even read Dracula. It's like, well, yeah, we've all we all know the, the fucking story, mm. so I don't mind that they're doing something different. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've always had the thing like when people kick off, oh, the book was better, or they did it different in the TV series, or like blah blah blah, or the comic was different. I mean, it's very rare I want to see the exact same story retold beat for beat because otherwise I know exactly what's going to happen the famous one's The Watchman isn't it yeah. the ending has changed which and to be honest I think I've said before like, I actually prefer the ending to the movie to me it makes more sense yeah I mean well I I saw the film before I ever read it mm. and then when I read it it was like yeah I would have changed that too yeah <laughs> on paper it kind of works and like yeah. that, but in, on the screen no apparently they go that route in the TV series oh yeah they're doing a TV series they've done it season one's like done and dusted oh okay Apparently it's epic. It's yeah, really I've heard good. it's. I've heard a few people say it's really good. Mm. But yeah, yeah, in that way, they they go the giant squid route in that rather okay. than the giant blue dong route. Blue <laughs> dong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, let's get on with it. So we have five more, because we did five. Yes, we did. Five more, thus making up ten of the best of the decade. Do you still have the five more honourable mentions as well? Yes. That's handy. If I can find that on my phone, wherever I'll, I'll remember it, I'm sure. Ah, I'll be fine, yeah. <laughs> Plus, uh, we have listeners' favourite films of the decade oh, to read out at the end. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, don't skip. Just say your <laughs> fucking name. You have to listen to all of it. And then you get... <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> They're just going to skip now, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So, in no particular order... Actually, no, I put this one first because I do want to get it out of the way a bit. <laughs> because some people say it's not really a horror. Mm. Stoker. Did you get around to watching it? Fortunately not. There were two I didn't get around to watching, and that was one of them. So... Stoker from 2013. Yeah, directed by Chan Wook Park from Old Boy. Yeah, I was gonna say Hellboy, but no, it's Old Boy, isn't it? Oh, don't start confusing Korean people <laughs> with demons after confusing black people, mate. You'll never live it down. <laughs> Famous for Old Boy, his first English language film, and written by Wentworth Miller, him of Prison, Prison Break. Break. Yeah. Yes, yes, he wrote the script for this. Yes, it stars Mia. Oh, here we go. Mia Wasikowska. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Nicole Kidman, Matthew Good, who was in Watchmen, mm. uh, Dermot Mulroney, and Jackie Weaver. Cool. Cool, cool. Right, let me read you out the plot. I'll just tell you, I'm going to read it from there. So basically, we start with a funeral. Right. And the dad of the family is dead. Right. Mia Wasa is the daughter, Nicole Kidman is the wife. Mm. And they are ridiculously wealthy it seems they mm. have this huge estate this big family home and he's dead he's died under mysterious circumstances right which I don't quite know and then at the funeral at the wake his brother appears his sort of not really long lost but like the daughter India's never met him before right and he shows up and kind of invades their life he moves in and stays for a while. Mm. This is Matthew Good right. playing the uncle. And he's really good at being creepily charming. Mm. And he is, yeah, there's something, I don't know, sort of otherworldly about him. He just has this like, and he moves himself in and kind of is slowly seducing both the mother and the daughter. Player. <laughs> <laughs> and then some people start to disappear. Right. And things start getting weird. And then the film goes on. I'm going to try not to do spoilers for these. Mm. So, this was on the blacklist of scripts from like 2010. It was like uh, unmade yeah, yeah. scripts that should be made. Eventually, it was picked up. The, the plot is basically Shadow of a Doubt, the Alfred Hitchcock film. Okay. Um, but the thing I love about this film, it's not really the plot that's the best thing. It's more the, it's a visual treat. Mm. I remember you saying to me, watch it when you do with headphones. Yeah, it's, it's a real treat for the senses. Mm. And like the visual, um, is a lot of it is symbolism and the sound in it. Not, I'm not talking about like the score, the music, but the sound mm. throughout it. They just emphasise certain sounds throughout the film like just someone licking their lips somebody playing with their belt and it all makes it quite unnerving and mm. chilling basically throughout the whole thing almost like kind of um, what they call it um, hypersensitivity like yeah through film yeah if you watch this the main reason it's on the list because i don't think enough people have seen it mm. but if you watch it yet make sure you've got like a good sound system mm. or headphones and it is a real so the plot is yeah 
Mm. It's all right. Yeah. It is just basically Shadow of Doubt um, with the, the creepy uncle showing up. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, the, the real kind of oomph of the film is in the visuals and the sound. And yeah, it's great. And the performances are great. Mm. Um, Nicole Kidman's really good in it. A lot of people criticise her in this saying like, oh, she looks, oh, she looks, she does look like Botox to fuck in this. Yeah. And her, she looks almost like she is like a China doll, like made of porcelain. But her character is so fragile that it works. Mm. Like physically, she looks like you could push her over and she'll smash into a thousand pieces. Uh, Matthew Good is awesome, like I said, doing that kind of creepy yet charming kind of thing. And obviously the title, Stoker, does make you instantly think of Bram Stoker, Dracula. And there's no vampires in it, but his character is a bit Dracula-esque, kind of well-educated, rich, charming, but there's something a bit off about him. Mm. Yes. Um, Yeah, that's the first one. It is a slow burner, though. Mm. I mean, like... Pretty much the whole fucking film. Yeah, I'm too fair. I feel like I've watched a few slow burners recently. I find I'm quite enjoying them. So, oh yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, and it, yeah, I really, I think I saw this in the cinema when it came out, mm. um, mainly because it was uh, Chanbrook Park. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, old boy guy, and yeah. the guy from Prison Break. <laughs> no, not that's literally like you pull two names out of a hat at random and things. Take yeah. a few goes to get that one. <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's got so great performances. Um, yeah, it, it does kind of, like we've talked about before, its use of sound, there's just an underlying dread throughout the film. Mm. Like, it does that thing where there's nothing really happening on screen, but you still feel uneasy. Yeah. Yeah, which we've talked about in a number of other films. Yeah, it yeah. does. It's, it's good. Mm. It's good. Um, yeah, and if you live in a place where you can legally do drugs do drugs and watch it it'll be even better sick when are we moving (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where the nearest place is Canada sure certain states Amsterdam Amsterdam. is that yeah yeah still yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Stoker from 2013 say a lot of people don't like it a lot of people find it very what are the words they use like repugnant there's Mm. a lot of sexuality in it as well right um which I yeah, obviously people are uncomfortable with some mm. people, and yeah, but it's fine. Mm. Free your mind, your ass will follow. <laughs> <laughs> That's your quote for the day. <laughs> mm. Didn't even have that written down. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. Cool. Two thousand four. No, it's in no order, is it? No, it's not. Have you accidentally... Have I ac- no, I haven't. No, I've not. I have oh, okay. not. Okay, okay. 2014, and we're going all the way to Australia. Oh, 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 I finished watching this about half an hour ago. Hello? <laughs> Hello, it's us, Australia. We've got a horror movie for you. It's mm. called The Babadook. Yeah. 2014. Yeah, it's about this bogan bloke running around my house. Mm. He's all black and white and fucking weird. <laughs> He's freaking the kid out. He's gone absolutely spastic over this. <laughs> so, the ba 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 dog. He does look like the ghost of a jazz musician. He reminds me of um, um, the guy from League of Gentlemen. Hello, Dave. Yeah, what's yeah. I can't remember his name. Papa Lazaro. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Written and directed by Jennifer Kent. Mm. It stars 
Essie Davis, Noah Wiseman, and uh, Daniel Heschel, who I think was in uh, Snow... Did you ever see Snowtown? Oh, About I the Snowtown murders in Australia. I didn't, know. He is in it, though. Yes, he is yeah. in it. It is a good one. So, oh, once again... Ghost in the Shell re- um, redo as well. Yeah. Once again, we have a dead dad. Yeah. Yes. Right, so, I, I do dead babies, you do dead dads. <laughs> That's how we're going, yeah? Once again, we have a dead dad. And the the... Mother, Essie Davis, our main character, is basically grieving still. Mm. I think it's been like seven years. So seven she, years, yeah. the, the husband dies in a car crash driving the mother to the hospital to give birth to the son. Yeah. They survive, the dad doesn't. So it's like, I think he's about seven, the kid. Yeah, they say he's, it's his seventh birthday coming up. That's it, yeah. So he is seven years old. The mother is really struggling with one, grief. Mm. and to this awful child yeah right who is just yeah get ready to turn your stress levels up to 11 watching mm. this oh my god that kid is annoying I wanted to go outside and beat someone else's kid just yeah. watching it <laughs> he is just he is screaming he's just like he's just awful he's so badly behaved he's and, and then it gets worse because now he's seeing a monster the Babadook mm. it starts with that creepy book they find don't they? yeah that book like Ugh. <laughs> just ugh. yeah it's basically a kid's pop-up book mm. if it was made by tim burton yeah on acid on a bad day on a bad day <laughs> bad bad day <laughs> and so this bab look thing so the book is it's all, yeah it's all like in nursery rhymes isn't mm. it like i can't remember all the lines from it but yeah and the book seems to, at the beginning it's the book they find is only goes so far and there's blank pages isn't there and then as events unfold the book is filled in and to point out as well things. neither of them know where it's come from no yes just the book just kind of on the shelf and you hear the mum say oh where'd you get this one it's like, oh, yeah. just on the shelf and then when she tries to get rid of it and rip it up it reappears like a fucking Bugs Bunny cartoon yes so I liked this one again it really made me hate children <laughs> um but no, there was, there was a lot to like it. I love the way it's all quite minimalistic sound a lot of the time. It's focusing, looking at the mum, lots of close-ups of her looking like she is moments away from a fucking breakdown for like yep. pretty much the entire film. Um, her performance, to me, was the best thing in it. I thought she was fucking fantastic. Yes, yeah, she was. But this did win, the, oh, I can't remember what it's called, basically the Australian equivalent of the Oscars. It won the Best mm. Picture in 2014. Really? Yeah. This was a huge hit, and it mm. was yeah, critically really successful, and it is fucking great. Mm. And I say her performance is good. The look of the house is weird, mm. and it, it's like everything's the same color. It's like that off grey. All yeah. the walls are sta- uh, bare. The uh, stair banisters are all that color. Mm. Everything's like the same color in the interior. It's really odd. I say the, she is great in it. The kid is great in it, despite being. Yes, he's... It's like the Joffrey acting. If anyone can make me want to kill them and stab them and hate them that much, they must be doing a damn good job. Yeah, this is the thing, like, because you are basically put in the position of the mother. Mm. And, like, or you think it's annoying watching this kid. You yeah. you are you are feeling what the mum is feeling. That mm. just apt the stress and just like, oh, my God, shut up. Yeah. And you sort of yourself are, like, at breaking point. Like, can I watch this anymore? <laughs> and you want to turn it up. And then, of course, we have the creepy fucking... Ghost of a jazz musician, mm. and yeah, he. The first time you, you see him, don't you? Sort of in like the 
she looks over the window. Yeah, he's just kind of in the background, and it's one of those moments where, like, you I don't... literally had to take that back because it's so subtle. I missed it. Really? Like, I, look, I was like, literally, I'm watching the screen, like, look away or anything, mm. and then just it cuts back to the the mum, and she goes, <gasps> and I went, hang on a minute, and I put it back again, and I got a proper chill when I spotted him. It was like, yeah, when you oh. first see him, it's like. Because obviously the first kind of image you get of him is in the book. Mm. And then when you actually first see him, it's like, oh, shit. Like, mm. he's real. Yeah. And he's a, kind of a tall bastard. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then you hear him down the phone. Yeah. But then when you hear him, again, if you've got a good sound system with headphones, when you hear him when he kind of first enters the room, mm. you, he sounds like he's in the fucking room. Yeah. Like, it's really... No, God. He sounds like he's about two inches from her head while he's saying it. Like, mm. it's. Yeah. yeah. It is. Creepy. I, think I like with this one. This thing I like, obviously, like we, we know there's a monster in it. I was wondering if it was going to be a whole play on, like, because of obviously how well they deal with the whole stress of the mother and everything else. I thought it was quite a lot of good, like, uh, the way they touched on almost like the mental health of the issue as well. And this is what I was going to, yeah, I was going to bring this up. Mm. Is is he actually a demon or a ghost that's haunting them, or is he actually just a metaphor for the mother's state of mind mm. and her essentially being haunted? And the whole idea of this, the Babadook, this mm. figure, this phantom, he wants her to kill the boy. Mm. I and wanted her to kill the boy. Several this, times. this is it. And <laughs> if you were that mother, you probably want to kill that fucking boy. But obviously, you can't because it's your kid. Mm. And yeah, I think that's what it's like. Her stress, and she cannot cope with it, that and the grief and depression. Mm. And she's just, she is a breaking point, and she just wants to throttle this kid. Mm. And the, this sort of apparition is kind of like almost like the devil on her shoulder, being like, yeah. do it, do it, do it for me. Do it now. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I take away from mm. it. I guess everyone's got other theories. Yeah, I think he is sort of a representation of her state of mind. Because mm. I, mean, I thought that to begin with, and then obviously with events that transpire right at the end, mm. I kind of feel like he was just feeding that side of her that was already there, and that's kind of why he's latched onto her, because yeah, I, I can't really I've, talk about it properly without spoiling the ending, and I really don't want to. But if you do remember the very last yeah. shot of it, and that was the bit where I kind of stopped and thought, yeah, that cunt's real, isn't he? <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Mm. Uh, but yeah, it is it's great. Uh, I say it was did really well, very critically successful. Mm. And yeah, on the list of the best of the decade for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, the Babadook has become a symbol of gay pride in the years following. Righto. Yeah. <laughs> Your face, like what? Yeah. Not so as in like the um, <coughs> the. The, the sort of the cartoon drawing of him from the book, mm. yeah, that's him that from that is now a symbol used at Gay Pride. And here's why. Yeah, let's do this bit, please. <laughs> yeah, or do you have a theory? Could you think how it could be linked to Gay Pride? Um, he likes it up himself? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, when this first came onto Netflix, Netflix, by mistake, placed it under the LGBT movies category. And they just ran with it. It became memes, and he is now a symbol of gay pride. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Huh? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's so awesome. it, it was basically just Netflix made a mistake. The LGBT community thought it was funny, and 
That's where he is now. Well. On their flags and everything. Good on y'all. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I read that f- at first, I remember when, I guess it was like a year or two after the film came out. Mm. Um, it was a, the gay prize in, um, I think, in America. And those of people had little banners, you know, you know flags and banners. And mm. the Babadook kept appearing on them. And it made the news, I say the news, the internet news. Ooh. I remember thinking, how on earth have they... Why? Yeah, you probably like imagine how? face very similar to what I just did. Yeah, it's like, do you remember um, when there were those protests in the Middle East and um, there was, uh, you know, Osama bin Laden hmm. and they had all their signs and somebody had like this thing and it was a big thing of Osama bin Laden in his face and then next to it was Bert from Sesame Street. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like... Why is that there? Mm. Does he look a bit like him? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> just like uh, I never got you know, never got to the bottom of the Burton and Bin Laden thing, but um, the Babadook and Gay Pride. There you go. All because Netflix made a balls up, and like I said, they just took it and ran with it. Because mm. that meme of the other one Netflix did, where they had, um, I think it was some Michael Jackson documentary, and it's him like when he's like in his early twenties, like looking all casual, just leaning back. And then the next image is sausage party, so it looks like he's got a massive erection. <laughs> and then the next picture is <laughs> yes, the like cover of Home Alone, and it's just Macaulay Culkin looking freaking terrified of this giant sausage doll. <laughs> I remember that now, yeah. And of course, it's all the better because it's Macaulay Culkin and Michael Jackson. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Can't speak. The Babadook. Mm. A lot. A lot. Yes. Recommend. Yes. Again. But is it a slow burn? No, it's not that slow. Not as like slow as like the witch, or especially not as slow. As In terms Stoker. of stuff actually getting going, I'd say fairly because it doesn't really start to pick up till about halfway through. But also, it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah. But I'd also say that the the forty five minutes before that is essential like oh, it, oh. The, the second part of it wouldn't work anywhere near as well if they hadn't done it at that pace yeah yeah um and i think that was you know obviously because it's slowly got a screaming kid the whole way through it and i think that makes it feel longer than yeah, it, it is because like, yeah. it's like being trapped in an elevator going to the 35th floor with like a kid like that's just hit every single button on the lift and you know going, all right mm, yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, a movie you, equivalent of that, that okay, also that was another uh, it was turned into a meme before that, the um, scene where they're in a the car and the mm. kid's just screaming and the mum just turns around and says what you... Everyone's thinking like, mm. why can't you just be normal? Yeah. And he just screams back at her like, ah! Oh, Jesus. That fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the easiest watch, but definitely worth it. Mm. And you're back in the room. Hi. Right, so we were in Australia. Mm. Hello. Where are we going now? Home. The UK. The UK. Which case, I know which one's next. I think I think I've seen this one. 2011's Kill List. Yep, I haven't seen this one. Yeah. Sorry. I've seen the others. I've seen the others. I thought that's a lot this week. Uh, so Kill List from 2011. British. Mm-hmm. British, British best UK horror movie. Directed by Ben Wheatley. Partly funded by the National Lottery. Because that's the state of our film industry. We need charity. Fuck. <laughs> 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 uh, starring Neil Maskell, um, Mayanna Bird. I can never say this. Burring, Burring. Her from. 
Uh, what was she in? We talked about it not that long. Doomsday. She's in Doomsday. Right. Michael Smiley, a.k.a. Tyres from Spaced. Whee! Whee! Emma Fryer, Strawn Roger, and Ben Crompton from Game of Thrones. He, I can't remember which one he is. One of Jon Snow's mates. Yeah, he's one of the main guys in yes. the watch, isn't he? Yes. So, when this film starts, it's kind of... It hits the ground running. Mm. Like it starts in the middle of a sh- like screaming match mm. between a husband and a wife. Like proper, I don't know, like something out of EastEnders. Okay. If you, the, the less you know about this film when you go into watching it, the better it is. Excuse me. So they're arguing about money and the fact that he hasn't worked for eight months. Mm. And it, it, yeah, they are shouting and screaming at each other. And it's just like, ooh, this is a bit uncomfortable. And then they they then have this dinner party where Mikey, Michael Smiley comes around, who's his friend, and brings a his date, mm-hmm. and it just turns into like a Shane Meadows kitchen sink drama mm-hmm. where they're arguing, and it's really you feel like you're sat at that table. It's really uncomfortable and awkward. You're like, have you ever been? I don't know. Just whenever you've been around a couple arguing, yeah. whether it's like a double date or in the pub or whatever, it's just so awkward and you just want to bury your feet in the, you know, your head in the sand. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, it just carries on like that. It turns out, you find out shortly after the dinner party that they, he is a hitman mm. and he hasn't worked for eight months. You never quite find out why. Basically, there was a balls up mm. and he hasn't worked for a while. Michael Smiley is his partner, and he comes to him saying, we've got a job, pays very well, and all this stuff, and we should go back to work. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Michael Smiley's date excuses herself to the bathroom, removes a mirror from the wall, and carves a symbol into the back of it, and then puts it back on the wall. Mm-hmm. And the whole time you're like, what? Why? And again, the music just does that even though nothing's happening on that fucking screen you're like what's going on (laughs) I say the less you know about this film if you see this is part of the reason why I didn't watch this I'd like it was spoiled for you yeah I know I've had the massive twist at the end like Mm. told to me Um, I think again I called it on like a a YouTube top 10 list or something and I was really really annoyed because it was one of the only films they actually spoiled on this list Um, dicks (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, I had the time to watch like one more movie before we did this, so I deliberately went for the bugger look, because I knew basic bugger all about it. Ah, right, just, right. I knew that when it came out, I first heard of it, I really wanted to watch it. Mm. I will watch this one at some point though, but again, it's going to be like, remember I told you I had the Sixth Sense spoiled for me? Yes. And so when I did sit down and watch it, my first viewing was my second viewing, essentially. <laughs> essentially, yes, <laughs> yeah. But like, it's... Mm. I say, yeah, even if you do kind of know what happens, it's still, it is a great film. It's really well put together. The cast are great in it. I never thought the fucking tyres from space would be so good in a horror film. Mm. Uh, but they, it's still kind of like Dog Soldiers has that bit of humour running through it because they are lads, yeah. essentially. And also, Neil Maskell doesn't look like, you know, a, a sort of, action style or he looks like the boy next door mm. if you lived on a really rough council estate yeah like you know he looks kind of harmless but also would have a go <laughs> so anyway they take this job and it turns into sort of um did you ever see angel heart with de niro yeah um, yeah, yeah it reminds Rock. me of that a bit actually i like that film um 
they get this contract to kill, I think it's three people, and obviously the guy who hands them this contract is he's just fucking creepy. Mm. And he instantly grabs one of their hands, slices open their palm to mm. sort of seal it in blood. And they, you, you think you'd be like, what the fuck? But they just kind of think like, it's kind of funny. They're laughing about it afterwards mm. in a hotel as Michael Smiley is stealing the miniature bottles of soap and shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> because of course, why not? Mm. So if you like um, something like Dog Soldiers, mm. then yeah, you will like this. So, which you know I do. So. Yes. Um, so the music's great in it. Um, the violence is brutal. Mm. When I say brutal, I mean like realistic and just... Yeah, yeah when it happens, holy Barbara. <laughs> Damn it, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> they go uh, initially, I think the three people have to kill... I think it's the first one. They have a name and all this. They go just turns out he's a priest. Oh. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then the second one is quote the librarian, who is a librarian for um, shall we say, basically snuff films. Shit. Okay. Yeah, and the, it gets deeper and darker. Right. And the third one is an MP. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good. So it turns Good. out. They are dealing with something all completely fucking weird, and they are you know, way in over their heads. Um, also, there's this uh, before they kill them. Mm. Uh, it starts with the priest. He turns, he sees them, he says thank you, and they are thanking them for like murdering them. It's really fucked up. Right. Yeah. And it ends really fucked up. Yeah, it's a bit of the end I've heard about. And I'm just hearing about Even out of context, that doesn't sound right, man. Yeah, the very last sort of chapter of it is called The Hunchback, mm. which I say, when I try not to do spoilers, that's really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. The Hunchback is the bit I've heard about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, really great film. It, I, don't, I don't know if that many people know about it, to be honest with you. Outside of the UK, anyway. I'd heard the name, like, before, like, because I just mm. remember it, like, I think I've seen it advertised somewhere, and thinking, kill this, sounds violent, probably watched that at some point. Yeah, and Ben Wheatley was one of those directors who kind of, I feel like he put off going to, like, Hollywood. Mm. For, so he made this, um, Sightseers was the other one, mm. and A Field in England. I've heard of Sightseers. A Field in England was the um, one with Julian Barrett in it. Okay. Um, so also really really good mm. um, then he did go to the States and make High Rise mm. adaptation of the novel High Rise which for years people said you just can't it's one of those unfilmable books yeah. and it turns out it was crap they, yeah, it was unfilmable um, didn't help have Tom Hiddleston in it dig 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 poor old Tom fucking that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that wasn't shit. Was that TV thing he did? Uh, the night manager, the night porter. I think one of those. Yeah, Hugh Laurie was in it as well. Oh, I mean that'll do it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Kill List 2011 on the list of the best of the fucking decade. Mm. Mm-hmm. What we got next? We're still in 2011. Ooh. Although it was filmed in 2009, 
The cabin in the woods. Now, I actually, I rewatched this one with um, Abby the other night because she hadn't seen it. Mm. I was like, I need to watch a bunch of horror movies, and there's one I want to show you. And she's like, I'm not really in the mood for a horror film. It's like, well, I'm not sure if I'm in the mood for a horror film. It's like, well, you're definitely going to be in the mood for this because this ain't your average horror film. Yes. This film's fucking genius. Well, so yeah, how do we talk about this without spoiling it? Um, <laughs> Evil Dead meets SCP Foundation. What the fuck is SBT? SCP, uh, Secure, Capture, Protect. It's this whole like online community of... Um, Nerds! Yes, and... <laughs> same from the guy who was sat playing online tennis on GTA 5. You know you can bang hookers in that, right? I was and waiting for you tennis. to get your ass out of bed. I never had to do. <laughs> Could have banged some hookers. Didn't have to play tennis wearing a suit. Just saying. But I hadn't played the tennis mm. before. Well, now you have. I won, whatever. I'll take my thanks later. Um, <laughs> this SCP Foundation is um, supposedly like a government thing. Like I think some, I think it all started like when the internet was first sort of being released, sort of like becoming a more of a thing. Yeah. And someone posted what looks like almost like a doctored FBI document, right? Saying that something weird and ghostly or otherworldly had been captured. Um, and they were somehow keeping it in this facility. And then people obviously figured out it was fake, so people started writing their own ones. And then more people started writing their own ones, and then more and more. And I think there's somewhere kind of around... Kind creepypasta? Um, yeah, it's very much like that, but um, it's, it's, like, it's like, again, like a community thing that everyone's just been adding to. So yeah, very much like creepypasta, but this one's all based around the same sort of idea. Um, that the government knows. Yeah, that the government knows. Mm. So, Cabin in the Woods, like I say, filmed in 2009, wasn't released in 2011 because MGM went bust. Mm. Directed by Drew Goddard. Yeah. Written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. Mm-hmm. Written in three days. I can't remember what film fell apart. The, they were trying to make something, it fell apart, mm. and they kind of went to a hotel for three days and bash this script out. And it wasn't when they were trying to originally redo Poltergeist, was it? No, what was it? I can't remember. Oh wait, that, that was Sam Raimi, not Joss Whedon, ignore me. He, that happened though, didn't it? Yeah, he did, he did make it in the end. Mm, yeah, nah, didn't rate it. Mm. But then I think the original's that great. I have heard this. Mm. Anyway, starring uh, Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth. But before he was Thor. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's just a bit of a dick. Anna Hutchinson, Fran Kranz. That's a fucking goofy name. And that's coming from me. <laughs> Jesse Williams, Richard Jenkins, and Bradley Whitford with his second film in the best of the decade list. <laughs> so, the... Okay, there's the plot. And then there's the plot. Plot, yeah. So the plot is a bunch of teens go to a cabin in the woods to do drugs and get drunk and have sex, and then shit goeth down. Mm-hmm. The plot is at the beginning, you have Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, and they are government employees, mm. clearly, in this underground government based thing it's clearly like it's not an office a regular office job it's some kind of military research high-tech thing and they're going around and they are basically they have set it all up it's like it's like they are the directors of the film we're watching yeah yeah they are directors of the plot 
It's like they've created the world's ultimate escape room that there's no escape from. Yeah, essentially. And they are in this big-ass control room and they are monitoring them and they are controlling the environment. You add a bit of mist here. And it's like they're playing the fucking Sims or something. Mm. Yeah. And then other stuff happens. But <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. You do get made aware that they're like just, they are just the office in the US. Like there are... Yes, loads of other yeah, it says that there are the other well. offices elsewhere all doing a similar thing. Mm. And then they have at the beginning, they have the big board of sort of, there's the monsters, isn't there? Yeah. And they are, I can't remember how they, no, the, they decide, don't they? They decide. They go into the basement of the house and each one of them picks up something. Yep. Um, and it's basically whoever speaks first, I think, because you see one of them's got something that could almost be like a spherical version of the cube from Hellraiser. Yes. One of yes. them's got a... But yeah, just a book that looks like the Necronomicon. Yep. Um, I think there's a like a cursed necklace a girl's about to mm. put on. And I can't. There's a the like a sixteen mil film reel as well. That's yeah, that's the last. Um, one. Yeah, and they are basically kind of choose your own monster kind of thing, but obviously they are unaware of it. Mm. And then it goes on. Mm. And yeah, oh, damn, we can't really. <laughs> the, yeah, we can't talk about it. We cannot talk <laughs> about this film without ruining it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, so the, one thing it, the one thing it does, is it, uh, I can say without spoiling it, is they will kind of they explain away every dumb decision everyone has ever made in a horror movie. They yes. give you reason behind it. Yes. So you could almost imagine watching any other horror film ever made. And imagining it is guys, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford yeah, and <laughs> controlling what's happening. Yeah. And it would make sense in context with this film. Um, yeah. It's freaking genius. I loved the concept so much when I first watched it. I literally watched it again two days later with a friend. They were like, oh, have you seen that cabin in the woods? I'm like, yes, yes, I have, but let's do it again. <laughs> like, it's the most fun I've had with a horror movie, like an original one in ages. Yeah, it is proper geekdom. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, like if you like your horror films from like your 80s, whatever, you just... Mm. Yeah, this is the film for you. I mean, it's got that Whedon humour to it as well. Like, if, if I watched this with no knowledge that Joss Whedon was involved within five minutes, I would have known Joss Whedon was involved. <laughs> so. And it's not just because of all the Marvel stuff. Obviously, like the way he writes them, like the scripts in Firefly and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he's he's got that constant bouncing dialogue sort of thing going in that. Yeah, and, and they the, are they do play with the audience a bit as well because it's sort mm-hmm. of where you don't know what to. They said the opening scene. The reason that it's like that is because mm. they wanted people to think they were watching the wrong film when they went into the cinema. Yeah. Because the I can remember the ad campaigns for this, mm. and it, the ad didn't give anything no, away. It's really it close. just looked like I think I remember seeing the trailer and think that looks fucking shit because mm. it did. It just looks like another generic shitty slasher they, film. They literally named it after the type of movie it is. Yeah. It's a Cabin in the Woods movie. What yeah. should we call it? Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. nice one, dickhead. No, what should we call it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they have duped us. Yeah. Um, before and I saw it, I remember uh, yeah somebody uh, years ago saying like, oh, you should watch it. The less you know about it, the better. Mm. It is, yeah, real treat. And yeah, I really thought after seeing like the adverts and trailers, like, and also it was... Uh, Chris Hemsworth was plugged a lot because I say mm. it filmed in 2009 wasn't released till after the I think the first Thor movie yeah please so. yeah so obviously by then he was a big old star and oh, it was like been, actually hmm it might have been released like, yeah Thor would have been about 2011 2012 so. um, but yeah anyway Karen. yeah and so it was kind of advertising was sort of placed on him and 
they, I guess, took a gamble, really. And I don't think this film made all that much money. Mm. Probably because people thought that looks crap. Mm. Which is the whole point, point of it. Yeah. yeah, it's like they were trolling the audience, essentially. into like, hey, we've made this kind of Cabin in the Woods slasher movie. Like, oh, have you? Mm. Brilliant. It stars Chris Hemsworth. Okay, but it was filmed three years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really fucking good. It's so good. Yes. Plus the bong travel cup thing is genius. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. That's real, by the way. What? That actually was a working bong and coffee receptacle. Oh, that's freaking genius. Yeah, they built it. Apparently it cost five grand to build, though. That's less genius. <laughs> I won't ask for one. Actually, the, yeah, the uh, stoner character in it, played by Fran Kranz. He's fucking hilarious. He is hilarious. And that scene where they're all at the lake, mm. and they'll jump in, um, I think originally in the script called for him to be in there as well, but then they decided he had to stay on the shore and keep his clothes on because mm. apparently in real life he is as ripped as Hemsworth. Mm. When she could cut him by yeah, I've, I've, I've seen him in another TV show. He was in Dollhouse, which is another Joss Whedon thing. Mm. Like, you know, Joss Whedon was like bringing across like one of his mates from something, and he's the guy in it. And then yeah, there's the, the scene with him where he's like Dollhouse is a weird one where they kind of implant other people's personalities onto you. And then um, you just think you're that person kind of thing. Think like um, get out, but much, much more. Just you're done. And it's like a regular thing they do. And yeah, there's a scene in that where he like, I think it's, he just gets coffee spilt on him. And you can see they, they cut the camera away from him slightly too slowly because they're trying to keep him again, like looking like this like, super nerd. Like, he plays an even nerdier guy in that than he does in yeah. this. And it's just one brief moment where as he's taking a shot, there's a mirror in the background. You look at it, dude, that guy is fucking jacked. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, he does play that. Yeah, he plays the the kind of, what do you call it? He's the the functional stoner. Yeah. He plays that very well. The high-functioning high guy. The high-functioning high guy, yes. Ah, yeah. Cavern in the Woods. Check it the fuck out if you haven't seen it. Been blasted through. There's only one left. Is that, how many films have we talked about already? That's four. Wow. Yeah, that was four. Cool. Isn't this a strange conversation for men who are crazy? Right, the last movie. Drum roll. <laughs> this is a drum. Hereditary. Hereditary. From 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a recent one to be on the list. It is a recent one. Um, so this isn't in any order. It's not a top 10, it's just 10, but a lot of people say this is the best. I also know a lot of people say the exact opposite. This was really divisive when it came out. Yeah, and we'll get into why. Mm. Um, Directed by Ari Aster, who I am going to say is now in the top three kind of genre directors. Mm. There's him, Jordan Peele, and Robert Eggers, who did... um, the Witch. The Witch and Lighthouse. I, and obviously they have stuff coming up as well. I think that these three guys mm. are basically like the new John Carpenter, Wes Craven, and that is how they are going to be remembered. I fucking hope so. Yeah, that is. And they'll have, um, William Freakin as well. Mm-hmm. Any who's Hereditary stars Tony Collect, Millie Shapiro, Gabriel Byrne, and Alex Wolf as our family. And again, starts with a funeral. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this starts with the... Uh, is Tony Collette's mother, isn't it? Has yeah. died. The patriarch of the family has passed away. And again, it is dealing with grief and sort of the kind of unknown and the sinisterness of 
that there was this odd kind of relationship between the daughter, uh, Millie Shapiro, the young daughter, and the grandmother. Mm. And the daughter is quite distant from her mother, which makes it even more uncomfortable and the mother just cannot deal. Yeah. The cast in this are all amazing. Mm. I was going to say, it's another one where the, the, the main mother character is, I would say, the best thing in it again. Yeah, this is like one of Tony Collette's best performances and she's done some really good performances yeah. in her time. She's very versatile actress. She's been... Um, Muriel's Wedding... If you ever saw that, oh, that was the old, the ABBA-loving yeah. Australian rom-com, oh, which yeah. is a brilliant film, and she's great in that. Sixth Sense about a boy. Sixth Sense, yeah. I've seen that new Knives Out that I really need to see as well. Yeah, I like to see Knives Out actually. Who's the director of that? Um, I want to say Ryan Johnson. He... No, wait, he did um, the the, the, the Who Done It one. He's just been released. The director. Oh no, it's Ryan Johnson. Who did Knives Out. Yeah, it's. Mm. This is the one I'm thinking of. Sorry, no, the other movie I was confusing with. There's another film called Ready or Not that's been out recently, oh, which okay. I really want to see as right. well. Um, but yeah, no, this was Ryan Johnson, the guy that a lot of people are saying murdered Star Wars. Got to saw the last one. He directed, <laughs> he directed The Last Jedi. So. I like The Last Jedi. I like The Last Jedi. Yeah. Anywho. Very mixed feelings about the third one. Mm. I still haven't seen it, but I've heard mixed things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'll enjoy it on some level anyway. It's very pretty. Yeah, Hereditary, not that pretty a film. No. <laughs> so a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences. Yeah, it just seems like they are cursed, essentially. Mm. Um, ugh, again, without spoilers. So in the first act, something happens that's pretty... Whoa! Yeah. Fuck. Particularly if you've seen how the film was marketed. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which means I um, think, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm on the exact same page as you. Yeah, there is a, a, a twist, a kind of, holy fuck, didn't... Wow. Mm. And it it kind of... It launches the film mm. from that moment, and it's so well done, and it's such a huge kind of moment in the film, but what's, the way it's done is really impressive because it doesn't kind of focus on that shocking moment. After that, that moment... Mm what we're left with is kind of just this lingering camera shot on um, our character. Yeah. And his kind of reaction, mm. his almost nothing reaction, because mm. he's terrified, essentially, mm. and it lingers on him for so long, and it's so fucking well done. Yeah. And it just kind of goes from there. Mm. <laughs> and shit gets worse and worse and worse for these guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. When this came out, yeah, this was huge. Um, this did suffer, though, from... Uh, I wouldn't say, like, it's marketing campaign, but the press. Mm. So... This is one of those ones that got lad bibled a little bit. This is it, yeah. yeah. The lad bible... Um, <sighs> Scariest movie of the world. Yeah, every kind of out. two months, the Loud Bible will <coughs> post an article about how this new horror or this new horror series is the scariest thing ever. Mm. It, people are fainting watching it, sensationalizing things, kind of like The Exorcist when mm. that came out, or like Rosemary's Baby or Jaws or something, sensationalizing these films. And it's like every two months, the scariest film of the year is mm. released, and people are like, having you know, 
visions and seeing things. It was all about that fucking Netflix film, Eli, and how it was terrifying and mm. how it was causing people to like see shit. It's like, that was fucking crap. And this suffered from that badly. So mm. like, this was the scariest, you know, they really like pumped it up mm. loads, which just doesn't help. A bunch of guys from the pub went to see it when it came out and all, I think there's about six of them and they all just came back going, uh, for most of the film we were just meh and then at the end we were just like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't think any of them liked it. Mm. And it also suffered from the actual press, mm. Lab Bible, you're not real journalists, comparing it to The Shining and The Exorcist a lot. Mm. And obviously like The Exorcist was kind of like the scariest film of a generation. Yeah, that's still fucking hard to watch say, these days. It was just, it was hyped up mm. so, so much. And I don't think it helped it at all. No, I don't. I don't think it takes, I mean, if I really like the film. It is scary. But it doesn't help when someone comes along saying, this is going to be the best fucking thing ever. This is going to scare the shit out of you. Mm. You're like, oh, okay. And yet, hyping things up just doesn't work. And it really suffered from that. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think if I was going to compare it in tone to any movie, you've already mentioned it, uh, would it, be Ro- it would be Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I think I, that I can see some of the comparisons to The Shining as well. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I can definitely see that. But like for, for me, I mean, one, I haven't seen The Shining in God knows how many years. I need to rewatch it because I really want to watch Doctor Sleep as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, sure was. Uh... Um, like Rosemary's Baby, even though I haven't seen it in longer, I actually think I preferred Rosemary's Baby to The Shining. I think it will rather have more of an effect on me when I watch it. I haven't seen Rosie's Baby in so long, I can't remember. It's the, can't it was remember the first it. time I saw an ending to a film that left me properly shit up without mm. actually seeing anything. Um, and there were definitely bits towards the end of this. That I think I saw you just after I'd finished watching it. Watching, yeah, what's that today? Didn't like this bit. That yeah. bit can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And also, the, um, the, mu- uh, the one thing we've learned doing these best of decade is how much of a difference music can make mm. in a horror film um, Colin Stephson was composed this and he basically said that he treated this when he's composing the music that the music in the school was his own character in the film mm. and it is essentially it holds that much weight that it it's just like, oh yeah, it's like there's another character, there's someone else there mm. and it's just the music that you hear that can just going all the way through. It's really well done. Um, yeah, it does remind me of The Shining in parts. Mm. Um, I really like it. There are those that don't like it. But like I said, I think the hype around it just didn't help at all. That's the thing I'm noticing with these 10 movies is a fair few of them are, like you say, the slow-burning ones. Yeah, um, mm. apart from like Terrifier. Yeah, which and is just Cabin in the Woods. But... Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's sort of kind of melodramas that you have to actually sit down and actually watch. Mm. They are the most rewarding. Mm. As opposed to, you know, not that I dislike kind of crappy slasher films at all. Mm. But the what yeah, if you compared to stuff that you could just put on and kind of have in the yeah. background and half pay attention to, the ones that you actually have to pay attention to, mm. you do get sort of the most rewarding experience from. Yeah. Well, I mean you saying that with this one, um, you said to me like because I think I saw you the day that you saw it. You're like, yeah, it's really, really good. 
but you have to watch it. You have to watch it, watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I did, actually. Um, when I was sat down to watch it, I deliberately turned my phone off. Mm. And I was like, right, no distractions. I'm just going to sit down and watch it. And I'm really glad that I did. Yeah, um, I think... No, I, did, I didn't turn my phone off. I think I put my phone, like, somewhere else on mm. the other side of the room and just watched it. And, mm. yeah, it is really impressive. Mm. Um, it's definitely in the top ten horror films of the year. Also made by A24, who did uh, The Witch and The Lighthouse. Nice. And, yeah... Well, as you know, I liked The Witch as well. Yes. There are a few points I could go into, like, start criticising it a bit over a few things, but they're, like, kind of minor deeds. Like, the the end dialogue, which is basically just kind of like an explanation of what the entire film we've just seen Mm. is a bit unnecessary. And only real complaint, the dad is a bit of a non-character. Oh, Gabriel Byrne as well. I think it's really weird because it is him playing, because obviously Gabriel Byrne is, like, big freaking actor. Yeah. It's just, he's just a bit... Um, I don't know. He just seems a bit fucking useless. Like yeah. he's just so he's like he's like he's got. I don't know. Maybe he's just fucking stoned throughout the entire thing. He just seems to be like. Uh, I think that there's one moment in it where he turns he around s- to Tony Collette and he does sort of like Tony Collette. Like, I'm, yeah, bit, I'm yeah. not putting up with your shit anymore. Yeah, he's like. And that's like the only moment he does anything. Yeah, he's just maybe. Yeah, he's just so tolerable of all mm. the shit going on he's just got sat like oh boy <laughs> thinking to himself like it'll be fine I'm that just guy like, has left him. a different bottle of liquor in every yeah, yeah amazing. he's like the mother in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street he's yeah. just got vodka bottles <laughs> around the house he's just pulling one out every now like here they go again <laughs> <laughs> and yeah a bit like the Babadook there is and Kill List there is some full on arguing in this mm. like proper shouting matches um I'd say the Babadook does it the worst, the Kill List does it the best, mm. as far as sort of what we call like kitchen sink drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. So that's your 10. That's it, that's 10. What were the 10? Hereditary? <laughs> Kill List. We just did it the Babadook. Babadook. Hereditary, Kill List. Cabin in the Woods. Babadook, Cabin in the Woods. Stoker. Stoker. Get the, Out. The Witch. The Witch. Um, you want to go back and listen to the last one? <laughs> I can't remember now. I've got them on here somewhere. On. <laughs> Terrifier. Yeah, that was it. And that other one. Um, I know I'd seen Oh, The Void. Oh, The Void, of course. Of course, The Void. Oh, of course, The Void. Why? How can I forget The Void? How can you forget The Void? Embarrassed at my own self. Right. Right, honourable mentions. So I did five last time. Mm. Now we have five more honourable mentions. The Conjuring. I haven't seen it since it came out, but I do remember really liking that one. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, it's what's his name? Juan. Yeah, James, James Wan. Wan. James Wan. That's it. Famous for Saw. Yeah. Yeah. And another and film that you stubbornly refused to watch. What Saw? No, no he's an executive producer on um, Upgrade. I'm not stubbornly refusing to watch it. <laughs> you are very stubbornly refusing to watch no, it. No, <laughs> I stubbornly refuse to watch only uh, Tom Hiddleston films. <laughs> I, I do want to watch Upgrade at some point. I'm not refusing to watch it. Um, yeah, the, I, I did actually, yeah. I really liked The Conjuring. Um, it's been a while since there's a really good you know, old school ghost mm. story kind of film. And um, Joey King is amazing in it. I still maintain Joey King is going to win an Oscar one day. Mm. The little girl, um, when 
she is sat there petrified and because she can see something in the corner of the room. Yeah. Even though there's there's nothing there that we can see. But I genuinely believed that person is staring at something terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. She's also in um, The Act, which came out last year, with Patricia Arquette, which is like a mini-series, which is really fucking good. Uh, Train to Busan. Woo! Have you got around to watching that now? Nope. Not stubbornly refusing to watch it. Just haven't got Just around. haven't got around okay. to watching I'll it. I'll give you that, I'll give you okay. that. Train to Busan was freaking epic. Because yeah. um, I did go out of my way to watch it. But I haven't heard a bad thing about it. There's, there's very little bad to say about it, except for... There's one minor complaint it's that obviously in a lot of sort of like Asian cinema you get the the emotions are overdone it's almost like um, like the, right. they, they really drag out the emotional bits mm, okay um, which obviously is a nice contrast to everything else that's going on because it's, it's getting it's one of those things that once it starts it pretty much doesn't stop okay um, how long is it, is it uh, it's two hours okay, okay. Um, but it's like it's a good solid two hours you are not bored for a single second of it there's not a single bit you're thinking come on hurry up yeah um, it's got some really not likable characters in it, um, and it's just a really good way of like it's literally like a cross between World War Z and Twenty Eight Days Later set on a train, and it's literally every single bit as good as that sounds. Like it's fucking epic. Like the zombies will be clambering over each other like in mounds. Like if one of them falls over, then you see the other ones will trip over, but they're all like again almost like a hive mind. Right, and it's just charging at them. There's a brilliant split second shot of them doing this, like piling over each other, coming down one of the train carriages. Mm. And if you watch that and you don't move slightly back in your seat, <laughs> I would be very fucking surprised. You watch, you go, Jesus Christ, man! Like, um, and again, it's gory. It's but not overly so. The way the like when the people become zombies in it, mm. I think they must have got contortionists to do a lot of this because there's a lot of right, like bones okay. snapping, yeah. coming back up, getting in really janky ways, almost like it's filmed backwards and then okay, but bad. And it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> it makes <laughs> it makes zombies properly creepy again. Dies. Nice. Um, there's, there's one stupid character death in it where it's the classic someone's. It's Bradley Whitford telling what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's got to be what it is. I didn't know he spoke Korean, but <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's just one of those. It's one of those where you see like a character sees one of their loved ones who is now tra- transformed, and like we're a good like two thirds of the way through the movie. That happens in like every zombie film. I know it's the one bit. I was I would think it was the one bit. I was just like, it didn't need that. Yeah, but, in every zombie film, there's like someone you love gets mm. bitten. And I don't want to shoot him. And we learn nothing from the little girl in Night of the Living Dead. Like. Yeah, yeah. You want to take the 28 days later proof. Oh, you're bitten? Bye, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice knowing you. Yeah. Yeah, Train to Be Sound. Fucking great film. Uh, it Follows. Haven't seen that one. Oh, it's good. Mm. Yeah. I've heard, I assume it would be, hence the honourable mention. Yes, definitely an honourable mention. Mm. Best thing about well, not best thing about it, love the soundtrack. Mm. 80s synth pop. Sold. Mm. Oh, Absolutely yeah. Yeah, sold. Definitely. Uh, Midsummer. Mm. Now, this is Ari Aster's follow up to Hereditary, mm. which I haven't seen. I have not seen either. The reason I'm saying putting it on here is everyone is raving about it. Mm. And, I mean, like, raving about it. Obviously, Hereditary had its haters. So far, I haven't found any mm. haters for this. So I really am looking forward to seeing this. Mm. And again, I will be shutting the phone off, yeah. putting away and actually watching it. It does look great. And I did get a bit of the lab Bible treatment mm. from the, oh, oh, God, shut up. But yeah, Midsummer, 
Definitely looking forward to it. Um, I put Midsummer slash Lighthouse. We haven't we talked about Lighthouse. Yeah, we mentioned it. We last mentioned time, it. We yeah. have seen it. Since. You, you've seen it. I haven't. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. yeah. And um, it. Oh really? Like yes. The new it's one. definitely it's an honourable mention because mainly because it made seven hundred million dollars yeah. and was a huge deal for horror mm. and the genre. I say as was Hereditary and as was Get Out. Mm. But yeah, it's the high. I think so. Still so far, the highest grossing horror film ever and it has made horror mainstream mm. again which it was not for a long time no like a good 20 years yeah 30 years maybe um so yeah it's done a huge thing for the genre mm. like, along with get out and hereditary but yeah as far as box office goes it now seems like these you know movie companies and studio execs are willing to put more money into horror films mm which there are many a horror film out there that suffer from a piss poor budget. Yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. So well done it. And can't actually remember the director's name at all. <laughs> um, I haven't seen part two of it, but obviously I've seen part I one. haven't either. Actually, I think I'm going to watch it soon. It, oh, there's a, it's long, isn't it? It's it's two hours, 40 minutes. That's a long fucking I mean, that's film. for a horror film, especially that's yes, long. Yes, that is long. The actual film, it, I didn't dislike it. I didn't find it scary. I think I've seen it. I saw it at cinema. I've seen it once since. Mm. Yeah. I've got, I've got a bit of a funny story to go with watching this because um, I did convince Abby to watch it with me. Mm. Uh, she doesn't like clowns. She doesn't like any kind of supernatural horror at all. But she said that she really wanted to watch it for herself because everyone was going on about it. Yeah. And so we sat down to eat dinner when we were watching it. We sat like, you know, plates on our laps on the sofa. And obviously the way this one starts off, like before the little boy's even left the house to go play with his little boat in the rain. Hey, Georgie. Yeah. Even before that bit, there's a little bit where you can see like the clown's eyes looking through a yes. bookshelf. And Abby saw that and visibly went, whoa, and shook. Because she's holding a glass of wine. She's got a plate of pasta with a lot of sauce on her lap. <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> so I'm just watching it for like two seconds. Like, honey, I'm just going to hold these for two seconds. Like, right, there you go. You have those back. <laughs> yeah, timed that to perfection. But yeah, I, I really, really liked this. I think you summed it up well when you said um, very Stranger Things vibes to it. I thought it was more like the Goonies. Mm. The Goonies of a clown chasing them. Yeah, yeah. see that too. Yeah. But, um, Bill Skarsgård, I've loved him in it. I thought he was great. Yeah, he was great. He has had some big clown shoes to fill. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, he did do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> he did do a good job, though. Definitely. Because yeah, I did something I said as well. I went back and I rewatched the Tim Curry original one. It's not that great. Tim Curry's the only good thing in it. It's yeah. shit. It's yeah. not even not that great. It's shit. It's overly long. It's... There is has not aged well at no, all. No, and again, when you were talking about stuff that didn't have enough budget, like even well, it was a TV time, movie, wasn't yeah. it? It wasn't. It was never supposed to be like a, any kind of. If you never watch it in the cinema, it was a made-for-TV mm. fucking movie done in two parts. Yes, Tim Curry is amazing in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, not a big budget has not aged well. You basically might as well just watch every scene that Tim Curry's in in some kind of compilation mm. and that's it. You yeah. don't need to watch the other three and a half hours No, you don't. what it is at all. Right. That was our honourable mentions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to your fucking ideas, <laughs> <laughs> just quickly, uh, very quickly, looking forward, mm. horror coming out. Now... I have not actually done that much looking into this, but Halloween Kills is coming out this year. Yeah, no, which, there's going to be two movies back to back. Halloween Kills followed by Halloween Ends a year mm. afterwards. 
which I mean, the, again, Halloween made a lot of money as well. Didn't make seven hundred million like it did, but it, again, was a big box office this thing. This is like the Daniel Bride one that came out yes, recently. Yes, yeah. this is it. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's a new Conjuring film coming out. Oh yeah, I think that popped up, and I was looking for the yes, Conjuring. Was a second it, ago. What was it called? The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, The Devil Made Me Do It. And again, that's oh, a terrible title. Someone's <laughs> got to keep giving Patrick Wilson work, man. Like, <laughs> I like Patrick Wilson. I like Patrick Wilson. Yeah. I love watching him nearly get his jubblies chopped off in fucking hard candy. What else was he in? Insidious. Watchmen. And of course Watchmen, yes. What's Watchmen keep coming up? Oh, he's in, um, he's in the A-Team remake as well. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's the guy who runs the FBI. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I actually really like the A-Team movie because I love it when a film just goes, we don't care, we want to have fun. I thought you were going to say I love it when a film comes together. Oh, <laughs> so easy, that should have been mine. <laughs> Excellent. And I just found this out today, some really quite shocking and disturbing news. Mm. I think it's Universal... Right. I'm planning on remaking. Take a guess. I'll give you three guesses. Uh, Psycho. No. Because that's gone really well before. Yeah. Thanks, Gus Van Sam. Yeah, dickhead. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. American Wealth in London. No, isn't that being remade anyway? Uh, no, it's The Howling's being oh, remade the by the guys who made it. Because, yeah, I posted that on oh, our Facebook page. That's what it was, yes. Yeah, was, yeah that mm. was it. No, not Howling. Not that one either. Oh, no. Crap. Um, We've oh. talked about it on this show. Please tell me they're not rebooting Saw. Oh, that, that's a different thing, yeah. I know there's another Saw Chris movie Rock's making out. a new Saw movie. <sighs> I like the original seven. Just leave it there. Seven, eight, nine? God. Uh, there's eight of them now. Christ. One into seven and then Jigsaw, which to be fair does have an excellent final kill in it. But I did watch it. I hated it, but I can't remember. Um, that is Jaws. No. Universal Pictures reportedly planning to remake Jaws. No. Fuck. <laughs> I can't envision in any way it'll be good. I think in the Jaws episode we said it can't ever be remade. No. It's, because it's one of those ones you just you, there's no point you just don't touch it. Yeah. Leave it alone. Like so when we talked about the making of it like it was a horrible film to make by all accounts. It's mm. like the, the, the shit stars aligned. And that's why that film is that way. Mm. Not through any kind of really artistic merit, but just kind of through having to work with what you've got. Mm. That's why that film looks the way it is and is the way it is. And it turned out to be a fucking masterpiece. Mm. You know, well done. You're never going to... Uh, who would ever, who would touch that? Like, I think it's a very deliberate thing when everyone has done a shark movie moving forward it's either really fucking tongue in cheek and over the top and yes the Meg I am fucking looking at you yeah that film could have been great that film was hilariously bad it could have been if it had just been like more violent yeah because it, it was fucking an, PG needed an R rating yeah definitely sure. if it had like an R rating then it could have just been like a really like just a lot of fun I was happy when he actually punched the shark in the face at the end <laughs> <laughs> that did make me chuckle uh, but oh, the, that was Deep Blue Sea like they tend to be yeah, like over the top, silly, comedic. Yeah, best Samuel L. Jackson death ever in that film. <laughs> yeah. um, and they get the parrot as well. I always forget they get the parrot. You ate my bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you either I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I'm the baddest motherfucker in the valley, and I carry a big stick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then otherwise, you've got, I know you've had stuff like Forty Seven Meters Down, which was apparently very good. Um, mm. Someone spoiled the ending for that for me. Uh, um, no, well, shit. I know they did a sequel. Spielberg may produce 
Spielberg made just a big pile of shit. Yeah, this is just these are all you know nothing is official so far. But um, yeah, this is not. Fuck you, twenty twenty. This is going disastrous so far. Yeah. Uh, Ah. Um. Any worst horror films of the decade? I have two that spring to mind. Um, I've only really re- recently watched the, well, since me and you've been doing this I've like properly started to watch horror films again mm. and luckily you tend to recommend some pretty good ones so um, I think of one we did hold up oh something. yeah fuck Free me from hell. Free from hell oh Jesus God no I thought we were past this <laughs> that's yeah, that that, is... yeah, that's the worst horror film I've seen in the last ten years. Just <laughs> <laughs> go outright say it. That was yeah, the, it, oof. I mean, I've, I'm talking. Yeah, like there are some that's like fucking deliberately bad, and again, mm. ones that have a budget of like a dollar fifty that are just going to be bad anyway. I'll tell you, actually, I'll throw one out. Um, Human Centipede uh, second sequence. Human Centipede two. Oh, is that the one that's in black and white? Yeah, that is. That's not a film. That's a fucking endurance test. It's yeah. It's just. And this might sound strange coming from people that love horror films. It's just a really nasty piece of shit. Mm. Yeah, fuck that film. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, I was listening to something yesterday, I believe, actually, or the day before, um, and it was they, they did a, an interview with Tom Six, because like, obviously the film got completely banned, and then like when it got released. Yeah. Like, um, what the weird thing was, when it got re-released, obviously there was some footage cut out of it. Um, a few places accidentally got the full cut of it when it was released. And they got, um, so I've seen the uncut edition. Yeah, it's horrible. It's fucking hideous. Yeah, it's just, just, just um, fuck off Tom Six. Yeah, and Tom Six, his response to it when people kicked off, it was they banned it and oh, look at that, I've made a horror film that's horrific. Who would have thought? And so, dude, you are missing the fucking point of your own genre. Like yeah. the, like, I'm not sure what I was expecting from it, but yeah, I don't know. Because clearly, I had some unanswered. I th- I've seen the third the one as well. It's set in a prison, which is like the the the, the meta one, mm. um, where it's he's in it. As, yeah, it's Dieter yeah. Lasers back in it as well. Yeah, as a prison guard, and so is the the little chubby dude from the second one. And Tom Six is playing himself. It kind of goes like um, Wes Craven's New Nightmareish, yeah. but badly. Um, and the other one I was going to say for one of the worst horrors of decade Jigsaw I fucking hated that film I think I, I was only excited it was the second time I'd ever seen a Saw movie in the cinema and I just like the traps um, that's it it's like when I watch Final Destination you are Kevin McCaster growing up aren't you I am yeah. <laughs> that's it man I even look like a slightly cracked out Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> so. um, don't know, it's not when I watch a Final Destination movie. I'm not there for the characters. I'm there to see how these fuckers go splat. Yeah, it is just that kind of, like mm. I said before, slowing down to see a car wreck. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> watching. But yeah, that I just... I like. I like the. I really like the first Saw film, actually. I think it's really fucking first good. first one's a classic. And they, yeah, they just turned into just gore porn, essentially. Yeah. But that... Jigsaw, the latest one, I was just like, nah, this just, why, why have you fucking made this? I mean, it was supposed to be a reboot and then it became, sorry, not, yeah, no, it wasn't going to be a reboot rather than like anything properly connected to the original. Like it was supposed to like pay nods to it. But then when you find Mm. out that, oh no, it's actually directly connected to everything. And well, then that's horse shit because you've been stretching that since like Saw 3 anyway. Because I always argue the first three Saw films I really like. Mm. The other ones, like I say, after that, I'm just watching for the traps. It didn't have the guy from Gilmore Girls in it. Uh, Played the detective in like three of the films or two of the films. Uh, he gets... Oh, yeah, him, the big, like, yeah, yeah. muscular dude. Yeah. 
Um, yes, yes it did. And yeah, his death's fucking great. Because um, yeah, again, we're just getting crushed and you're watching all the bones pop out and stuff. And that's one of the things that really makes me squeamish is watching bones pop through skin. Yeah. Uh, that got when the guy's in the rack in Saw 3. Have you ever seen it in real life? Huh? Have you ever seen it in real life? Yeah, once. It's fucking horrible, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a smell that <laughs> When you me. hear it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I didn't sound good. And then yeah, I could smell it as well. I was like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> oh my, eating vegetables tonight, darling. <laughs> <laughs> What did you fuckers think? How many you got? God, oh, I didn't actually count. But <laughs> here are some, some comments and stuff from people. This is from a guy called Timothy Williams. He said, to be honest, hereditary, he's put in quotation marks, I don't know why, is floating near the bottom of my list. Probably the only horror film released in the past decade I've loved enough to watch multiple times was Halloween 2018. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't dis... No, I, I, yeah, I liked Halloween one. Is that the most recent one where it's meant to be like a direct sequel to Halloween? One? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I've heard all, really good things. About apart that. from the first one, of all like the Halloween films, it's it's the best sequel. Mm. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, Tana Magar says, "Get out." Yes, we yeah, agree. We uh, do yes, agree. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I got told to agree. It's his <clears> list. <throat> yes. Uh, Carlos Sandoval, Halloween, two thousand eighteen, again. Mm. Mm. Mariana Hodgenboom. Loved Hereditary. There we go. Also loved the Suspiria remake. I've heard really good things about I've that. I've heard really good things about that. That's Tilda Swinton in that as well. Yeah, I've I've seen Suspiria, the original. I've not seen the remake, but again, I've heard really good things about it. Uh, both films that I love to watch, and every time I find something new and interesting to chew over. Mmm. Mmm. Who else we got? <laughs> this on Instagram. Some of the names. People's Instagram names. Creepy old bloke <laughs> says. <laughs> Has to be hereditary. Watched it four times. It is brutal. Yes. Not incorrect. <laughs> uh, Dan Parker Doodles actually said Lake Mungo. Uh, very well done, constantly evolving while you're watching it. Creepy. Although Lake Mungo actually didn't come out in the decade. Nah. So eh, disqualified. <laughs> but it's still get mentioned. Uh, Reckless Redhead. You'll like this. Train to Busan. Good girl. Fast Moving Zombies, which I love. The way the move, uh, sorry, the way the zombies move reminds me of World War Z, especially the soldiers' zombies break. Uh, sorry, especially the way the soldier zombies break through the glass doors at the station. It almost looks like it could run parallel to World War Z. It's like on the same timeline. It's just edge of your seat stuff all the way through, full of action. Love it. Yeah, that's a really good summation of that film, to be honest. Okay. I don't know exactly the bit she means, mm. or they mean. I don't know. It says redhead. I'm assuming girl because most men don't walk around talking about their hair color. No, if it's a guy, they're just a ginger. If it's a yeah. girl, it's a redhead. That's it. That's because <laughs> ginger men are trolls. Redheaded <laughs> ladies are gifts from the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the exact bit she means. Um, and yeah, it's that's one of the few bits where you actually go, oh, shit, it's one <laughs> of those moments. And it's a really, really good one. Uh, where are we? Hannah's Weird Cinema. Us. Have you ever seen Us? Not yet, you? no. That's... Jordan Peele's follow-up to, yeah, to Get Out. Out. It did get pretty good reviews. That's all. I think it split people. Personally, I think Get Out is better. Mm. Um, us, yeah, it could have been so much better. It's mm. just, it kind of falls apart. Was it still end. got the whole like social commentary thing going on with it as well? Um, 
Not as much, no. Um, I just think it falls apart at the end okay. for me. But yeah, it's still a good film. Uh, uh, the Spook House Podcast. Hereditary. Phil. Oh, Phil from the Spook House Podcast. Those are the guys we shouted out last time, right? Pos- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says Hereditary, yes. Uh, Mark Ranger. I went to school with that guy. Yeah. Assuming it's the same one. Under the Skin. I haven't seen it. I don't I've, think I've seen it. Hang on a minute. I think I've heard of this one. Scarlett Johansson, Wandering Around Scotland. And is she an alien? Just checking. No, that's not the one I thought it was. Um, I think the one I think of actually is called Parasite or something. She does young woman seduces lonely men in the evening and hours of Scotland. However, events lead her to begin a process of self-discovery. Well, thanks, IMDb. That tells me absolutely what the fuck is going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it. I can remember... I remember seeing trailers for it, and I remember seeing posters for it. Um, I don't think I've seen it, but I've heard good things about it. Mm. Under the skin, yes. Well, I've forgiven her for Ghost in the Shell now, so I'll still pretty much watch anything she does. <laughs> uh, Evie Bops. Oh, it's Eve. We know hey. Eve. I think Sinister is my fave. Actually, it really scared me. Ethan Hawke makes it better, and then she's done the emoji with heart eyes in it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure me and Eve watched that together, actually. Yeah. Um, it's kind of... It, I liked Sinister, actually, yeah. It sort of reminds me of a bit like The Conjuring and um, Insidious. Insidious yeah. I think they all think came out around studio, the same time. And yeah, yeah. Is it Twisted Pictures? I think so, yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, no, I liked I liked. I liked the, the demon guy in that. Yeah, like, like, he I mean, looked he, great. Yeah, he's that. like an albino version of a guy from Slipknot. But <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he looks like he should be playing guitar for Slipknot. <laughs> but he's fucking cool. Yeah, and again, he doesn't speak, which I like. Yes, yes. Mm. Wasn't there a Sinister Two? Yeah, which yeah. is also pretty good. Okay, I have not seen that. Uh, possessed macaroon, gal. Yes. 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 <laughs> we agree. Yes. Yes. And uh, Sister Street Fighter, The Witch. Well, I mean... Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Generally, we're all on the same level there. Yeah. So it, it looks like people's favourites are definitely Hereditary and Get Out there. It, yeah. Say so Hereditary, I think, is by you know the popular opinion, mm. probably the best horror film of the decade. I know which one I enjoyed the most. And that was, that's still, for me, The Void. But... Yeah, I, yeah, the, yeah, The Void. Really enjoyed that. Um, so Again, the witch that was, that was another one that fell apart with budget at the end a little bit but. Yeah, yes yeah the witch I really I t- every time I, I've seen the witch twice and I always remember sort of thinking like I don't want it to end yeah. like kind of, it's quite easily to get sucked into that world and you get used to the way of them talking you think like oh yeah and then when it ends you're like no I want more mm. whereas I got the opposite with the void I'm glad it ended exactly where it did because I love the ambiguity with everything mm. and just the whole kind of Vast. Although films that won't have sequels, The Void, mm. they said they won't. Cabin in the Woods will never have a sequel, no. which has been stated. And also, The Babadook can definitely never have a sequel yeah. because um, the director owns the rights to it. Nice. And she said, no amount of money ever. Mm. Good. Leave The Babadook alone. Yes. Really, really liked that. And it's a rare thing that usually it's studios that own the rights, but she, um, she does own the rights and has said, mm. never, ever, ever, ever. Mm. So. I thought of another upcoming horror movie that I'm very much looking forward to is that they've taken one of my boy Lovecraft's movies uh, mm. books rather and they made that into a movie with a certain Mr. Nicolas Cage done by the guys who made uh, Mandy which I, have you seen that yet? Actually I was going to say Mandy I haven't seen but again I'm surprised no one sort of mentioned that because mm. that got 
a lot of hype yeah. around it. Uh, but yeah, they, they're doing a version of um, The Color Out of Space. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to know what that is. Um, body horror, alien, plant life, and weird shit. Noish. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's it. <clears throat> and fucking Nick Cage being mental again, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb. Yeah. Right, and finally, before we say goodbye... Any favourite non-horror films of the decade? Um, hmm, I have to check uh, the timeline on this one real quickly because I've got a couple. Uh, one of which, funnily enough, had Tony Collette in it. Ah, no, it wasn't this decade. I was going to say Little Miss Sunshine because I absolutely loved that film. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I love that film. Um, just assume that there's a couple of superhero movies on there that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love my animated movies, Finn. Uh, I will say, actually, um, Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, actually, that's great. As, yeah. as a like, version of the main MCU canon, um, I thought Into the Spider Verse is possibly, apart from the original Spider Man 2 with Alfred Molina, I think it's the best Spider Man film they've ever made. Yeah, it was Sorry, really, Tom, yeah. but it was fucking brilliant. No, I thought that Tom. I was going to say Tom Hiddleston then. <laughs> Tom Holland. He's a great Spider-Man, but I just thought it was just stupid. Homecoming was That's a great it, yeah, film. Just, um, he was great. Michael Keaton was great. The film itself was just a bit dumb. Eh. Yeah, didn't love it. Um, but I think you know, and I know, everyone listening at home knows, the best film of the decade was Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. I actually loved that. It's fucking great, it's right? It's great fun. <laughs> I saw it in the cinema. I've seen it twice since. <laughs> yeah, it's really good fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing the second one. Yep. And watching how they all play around with the characters again. Um, Danny Leo and Danny Glover. Yeah. Yeah. You are definitely too old for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think, honestly, it's one of the best films. Mm. Yeah. In terms of just sheer entertainment and fun, absolutely. Oh, I mean, definitely. Cause I watched that um, Hobbs and Shaw, oh, The Rock and Jason Statham. Um, I think I was just in stitches from beginning to end. It's just that ridiculous. But they both <laughs> look like they're having so much fun with it. Yeah. Um, See, it's not all highbrow shit around here. Yeah. <laughs> with your witch and your hereditaries and your stokers. Mm. Oh, there was something else I watched recently that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, but I cannot think for the life of me what it was. It was just one of those random ones. Like, oh, okay, I'll just see what this is like. Oh, I like that. Um, but yeah, no, other than that, can't really think of it. There we go, Jumanji, best film of the decade. That's it, you heard it here first. Yep. Right, I'm literally nowhere else, I would imagine. <laughs> Fools. Hmm. Uh, that's it for another couple of weeks. I don't actually know what we're doing next. Hmm. We have all these things, but I haven't decided on which one to do. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. guess oh. you'll just have to fucking wait and see, won't you? Hmm. I suppose they could make some suggestions if they really want to. Nah. But. <laughs> <laughs> except for it's not a democracy <laughs> it's my damn list yeah. uh, yeah, we'll have uh, a little think and uh, yeah, get, we'll drag the list out yeah, we'll be back in the United States of Finn very soon yes <laughs> <laughs> until then you can just go on Instagram and stalk us we don't mind send us messages just don't try don't try and sell us shit I'm not interested no. we're trying to sell you something I don't want to buy stuff. We've got no fucking money. Come on. How's the beer brewing going, by the way? It's still in the box behind you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Need to buy a sieve or a proper mesh sieve. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the day, night, month, year. However long we have left on this world. <laughs> 36 hours. Yeah.